A La Jolla bike path has become the center of a recurring controversy in which Black Lives Matter chalk art has been repeatedly removed. The art began as a project for children to get involved in the movement while avoiding protest, but some have fought against the use of political speech in a public forum. Now, comments made from the La Jolla Parks and Beaches Association have drawn scrutiny, with La Jolians asking the two women to step down. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Lauren Mapp, you've been covering this controversy from the beginning, and it is kind of a complicated story. Let's go back to the beginning. Can you describe what this chalk art was and kind of how it grew to this controversy? Yeah, so this chalk art started back in July, um, around the 4th of July was the first event that they held. And it was a way for parents in La Jolla to um, give their children an opportunity to have their voices heard and to process their feelings about the social justice movement. A couple of the mothers that I spoke to for my first story said that their, their kids didn't understand why people had to fight for the rights for um, for Black people and for people of, of color in this country. And it was just hard for them to process because they understood that, you know, everybody should be treated equally, but they were seeing all this controversy unplaying in the news. So the first event happened in July. And after there were um, some complaints to the city about um, labeling it as graffiti, the city came out and power washed it away. Uh, beginning of September, they the families held another chalk up event, as they call them. And after that event, they also were power washed away a second time. So the end of the month in September, they held a th- their third event. And af- after that, the city um, announced that they were not going to be power washing these, um, these words away, they were going to view them as pow- um, political free speech and just let them wear down naturally, because it is chalk. It's you know, outdoors, it can be washed away when it rains, or as people walk on top of it, you know, it wears down a little bit. Um, And that um, upset a couple of members of the La Jolla Parks and Beaches Association, uh, which partners with the city on, um, like, public works projects in parks and beaches. Mm -hmm. And when this began in the first place, uh, did these parents, like, seek out you know, comment from the city, making sure that it was okay, or was it just kind of a spontaneous, let's do this so our kids can be involved without, you know, marching someplace? Yeah, I believe it was um, more of a spontaneous um, act. Um, It, you know, kids are always drawing on sidewalks with chalk or drawing on, you know, their, you know, the streets outside their their houses with chalk. So they just saw it as a a positive way for kids to contribute to the conversation and get their feelings out in something that was both artistic and temporary. Mm -hmm. And fast forwarding to now, can you explain what happened in that meeting in which some comments were made that really irritated some parents? Can you kind of get us to that point of this controversy? Yeah, so uh, during the La Jolla Parks and Beaches Association meeting in September at the end of the month, uh, that was when the city um, had um, let them know that they weren't going to be washing these away uh, or not using you know city resources to go out and wash these away. And there were two uh, women who made some comments. Um, one uh, referred to the social justice movement of Black Lives Matter as Marxism, and the other... Um, uh, the the other uh, sorry um, 
said mm-hmm. that she found it offensive. Or sorry, the one woman said it was um, that Black Lives Matter was a Marxist organization and said that the drawings were offensive. Um, and the first person, she said um, that it's political speech and we shouldn't be isolating for racial stuff and protecting this um, particular movement. Mm-hmm. And so um, that upset a lot of the families that were involved with this because they see this as really positive messaging. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is not a Marxist organization. It is a social justice movement. Uh, a myriad um, people have, have talked about how it is a continuation of the civil rights movement of the 1960s and 70s. And so uh, it's not, cons- for people that are involved with the Black Lives Matter movement, they see it as social justice related, not political related. Hmm. Yeah, hearing, uh, you know, what people on the board said and what parents are saying, it sounds like the argument that you see frequently in which people say, oh, this isn't a space for politics, like people who say, you know, stick to sports or stuff like that, when people who want to draw attention to social justice say that everything is inherently political, which seems to be kind of where the dialogue is happening now. So is it fair to characterize this controversy as like that kind of cultural division in which social justice people kind of view it as a forum that's necessary versus kind of the old way of doing things and, you know, not talking about politics? Yeah, I think that a lot of people that are involved with the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, they're they've spent their whole lives, you know, being quieted down and told that, you know, you don't talk about politics here or you, you know, we don't discuss issues like that. And, um, you know, when you continuously see people being um, murdered um, in the news um, for, you know, essentially for being black, it, um, it's, it cuts to a point where it's like enough is enough. Like they want to get their word, their, their words out and they want to make it known that this kind of uh, rhetoric isn't okay. Mm-hmm. And um, with the criticism that it's coming at these two women, will there be any action taken? Have they apologized? Where do things stand with that? They did apologize during the, um, the meeting that happened um, earlier this week on Monday. The, uh, the board was asked by these community members and these, fam- these families that have been doing these chalk ups, they were asked to remove these two women from their, their board, um, claiming that their, their speech and, um, that they said during a board meeting violates the bylaws of the board. Um, specifically, there's one bylaw that um, says the board can't discriminate based on race, uh, ethnicity, religion, et cetera. And so they felt, the community members felt that these two women should be removed from the board. The board decided though that um, they don't believe that the bylaws reflect the actions of individual board members, but more of the board as a whole. And so as such, they did not remove the members, but they are creating a code of conduct for the board members to adhere to in the future, for all board members to adhere to in the future to avoid situations like this where um, the board doesn't feel like they necessarily have the power to remove the members. Um, and so they want to be crystal clear about what expectations are for board members. Uh, they also are going to um, reach out to city attorney Mara Elliott and find out whether or not these um, bylaws were in fact violated and what the next course of action should be. Mm-hmm. And throughout this controversy, as it's been growing through the summer and the autumn, what's the subtext here? Because obviously race has an element Um when I first read this story, I, I had sense of maybe some class divisions of, you know, you always hear of people with more money who get frustrated at, you know, public displays of 
art or things like that. Like, is that at play here as well? Um, so definitely race is um, potentially an issue here. Um, you have this board on this um, you know, Parks and Beaches board that is 100% white. Um, La Jolla, as, an um, as a contrast, is 70% white, 13% Hispanic, 12% um, Asian, 2% Black, 1% uh, Indigenous. And so you don't see that diversity of the community that is reflected um, in the body of the board. Um, some of the mothers that I spoke to for my first story, they they referenced not feeling quite like a part of the community sometimes when they're out and about. Um, one woman who um, identifies as Hispanic said that she's gone to visit friends who live in gated communities there before and asked if she's the the maid or the the house the housekeeper or the uh, the nanny and you know she's totally supportive of people that have those roles but it wasn't she always feel, kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider not being accepted as someone visiting her friend on first glance um, so yeah, so I think uh, race has been kind of an underlying issue in this controversy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and from hearing those statistics, you know, that is one of the more wider neighborhoods in San Diego. So it does kind of make sense that a controversy like this would happen here versus, you know, City Heights or North Park or places where, you know, the Hispanic and uh, white split is more even. Yes. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, are there any further events planned? Because it sounds like these parents want to keep their children politically engaged in this way. Yeah, so the um, the families are planning a fourth chalk up event for this coming Saturday, um, which uh, is kind of interesting because it's right before the election. Um, but they're, they basically just want to affirm that they are here to stay, that you know their children's words can be um, can be you know these positive experiences for for um, for people to learn and grow through the social justice movement and they're they're trying to reaffirm that they're not there to be confrontational they're there to be conversational mm -hmm. yeah there also seems to be a little bit of a, a generational divide here as well because you know people of our generation many people raised you know in the early 90s and such people just didn't talk about race and it was just kind of ignored while it seems that parents of, you know, children or elementary and middle school age now are actively having these conversations, which, you know, I didn't have growing up and I wonder, you know, similar for peers. Yeah, it's really interesting. So some of the mothers I, I spoke with talked about their kids watching TikTok and TikTok has been, become, you know, not just a, like an entertainment form, but a really educational form for a lot of people where, you might be learning how to make fried rice as an example, but also learning about colonialism. And so that was really the kind of um, push for some of these kids to start the conversations with their parents was seeing seeing the news and seeing um, uh, talk about um, social justice on TikTok and then going to their parents and saying, you know, you know, what's up with this? Like, how do we how do we grow from this and how do we, you know, make society more equitable for, for other people. Um, and then on the, so you have, you know, these Generation Z people being raised by, you know, millennials and um, Gen, Gen Xers. And then you have, you know, older generations that are sitting on the board. Um, so it, it's kind of a, you know, this cross-sectional issue where, you know, people are trying to speak, uh, get their opinion out the way that they're used to having their opinion out, but you have these generational divides. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, we're in a time in which kind of cultural mores evolve year by year. Well, in the past, it would take, you know, a civil rights movement of multiple years just to kind of move the needle a little bit while it seems now people are able to grasp concepts like structural racism and environmental racism much faster than society could have years ago. Definitely. I see this even just a little bit with me. I'm the oldest of six kids. I'm 35. The the baby is 16. And so, you know, the, I can see this diverse, uh, this uh, generational divide in real time, just having conversations with my younger siblings. Mm-hmm. And from talking to the parents in La Jolla and members of the board, do you feel that this conversation is going to continue or do you think this will kind of be at loggerheads? Like where do things stand? Yeah, I think this conversation is going to continue and it's going to evolve. Um, like I said, the the families are planning a, a fourth event for this coming Saturday. The Parks and Beaches Board, they are um, they have created a committee or a, a working group to create this code of conduct. Uh, they said that they will make sure to have something by the end of um, by the by their next meeting, which will be in December. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how this continues and evolves. There are also uh, uh, community members that were in the meeting on Monday night who said that they would like to join this board. Uh, if you go to at least three, if you live in La Jolla, work in La Jolla, or own a business there, and you go to at least three of their meetings, yeah, you can apply to be a board member. And so I think they're there potentially could be a push to diversify the board and um, make it more um, inclusionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we as a culture, we're at a moment of transformation. So these kind of conflicts are probably going to be more common as, you know, things move on. Mm-hmm. All right, Lauren Mapp, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to include the San Diego Union Tribune in your morning routine, check out our daily flash briefing. Every weekday morning, hear a quick summary of the day's top story. Just search San Diego Union Tribune wherever you get your podcasts, including smart speakers. Until next time.